Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Everybody, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, my name is Bradley Shaw, and tonight I'm talking to uh, author uh, of Billy. Oh, sorry, Pete um, Alistair. I better make sure I get the right title because I've got Billy Ken and the tail, two tails, tails of crocodiles, but we changed it. It's just Billy Peter Billy Ken now, isn't it? Uh, it's Billy. <laughs> yeah. It was Peter Peter Billy Ken's style of yeah. two crocodiles. Now it's just Billy Ken's style of two crocodiles. Billy Cairns Tales of Two Chocodiles. Sorry, I haven't got that in yeah. front of me, so I just went I just went to my old habit of that's how I refer to it, Peter Billy yeah. Cairns. So Billy Cairns Tale of Two Crocodiles. Yeah. And it's Alistair Perry. Yep. Yep. Just checking. Good. I'm not make sure I don't say it wrong. There's nothing worse than saying an author's name wrong. Billy Cairns and the tale Billy Cairns Tale of Two Crocodiles? Yeah. <laughs> It's on the computer. Hang on. <laughs> and, and I don't know who charged it wasn't me. <laughs> it's all good. This is the fun of it. I, mean, like, I know we changed yeah. the name between it. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So the cover is, the cover says, which we've approved, Billy Cairns, Tale of Two Crocodiles. Done. Okay. Got it. Yep. Sorry, mate. Just make sure I get it right. right. Okay. Let's start that again. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Between the Covers. My name is Bradley Shaw, and tonight I'm talking to author Alistair Perry about his book, Billy Can and the Tale of Two Crocodiles. Good evening, Alistair. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Bradley. That's good. And, and tell everybody watching, what do we expect with Billy Cairns and the Tale of Two Crocodiles, this wonderful children's book that you've created? Well, I guess you, you, <laughs> you're getting a, a fairly gritty tale of... of children growing up in the time when I grew up um, because basically I, I realised that my grandkids' life they lead now was, was nothing like what we grew up as kids. So um, it sort of it, it gives it an outline of what we, you know, did when we grew up. Yeah. It's got an environmental story there about local destruction of wetlands and, and um, you know, some family history. So Good. it's got a lot of stuff rolled in. Yeah. And Alistair, did you find like when you grew up in the 1700s that it was different to this book now? That wasn't um, Alistair. <laughs> 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 okay, he's not that old, everybody watching. He's not from the 1700s, but but he he is an, an older, wiser gentleman who has had a different generation to what we have now. So, yes, sorry, Alistair, I was being a bit cheeky. So, no, that's fine. I didn't pick up the word. You're going... <laughs> So tell us about the book. Like, was it, 
was it intentionally written to really cultural culturally create and understand and educate children into that the zones and styles that you created in the story well it it, it, it is um it's sort of yeah, intended to sort of let children know that that life in melbourne um and i guess australia generally and, um, back in the 1950s and 60s was quite different from what it is now yep. um, you know and, and we sort of as kids we used to roam quite freely and we got up to all sorts of esca- escapades and things that these days people might look at, look on as being perhaps somewhat gritty yeah. but you know it's what we did as kids Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was. We were very adventurous. Huckle Finn was our, our you know, icons and the styles. Of yeah. The mm. yeah, it's something along those lines. But a, a lot of that flavour, that lot of that Huckleberry Finn and, and you know, Tom Sawyer feel where the kids get into a boat and they, they triffle off into an adventure and, and it's, it crosses paths into the Indigenous. Um, was that intentional as well, to, to cross-reference that inclusion? Yeah, you know, that, that was quite intentional, yeah. Yeah, because it's beautifully done and written the way you've done it. Um, so you've had, you. this is the re-release of this book. It's been out previously. So can I ask, have you had any feedback from readers previously? Have you had any feedback on the book itself? How have you found that? Well, I've get, it's it's gone out to quite a few people, um, particularly younger people, and yeah. the feedback's all been good. Yeah. Um, particularly uh, one of the granddaughters who just reads all the time and she said, you know, she, she loved it. So. Good. I thought, well, that's a pretty good wrap up. <laughs> She's <laughs> pretty good. honest. Yeah. So, was this your first book that you wrote, or have you written before? Or no, this is my first book. Yeah. yeah. And there's a follow-on. Oh, sorry. Uh, I've been picking picking away at it for a while. I suppose the best way of describing, probably twelve months. Yep. And yep. there's a follow-on book which is finished now. So. Oh, good. You know, good. It's well, good readers. Everybody watching, there is a sequel coming. So if you get this book and you want to know more, there's always always good news. Um, yeah. So when you wrote this book, was it um, was it something you did later in life? Like you, you always had the idea, but you never sat to write it, or you were always busy, or what? What really would you feel that you were ready to write this book? Well, I was probably busy. Is probably the best description. Um, yeah. And you know, since I've retired, I've had more time. Yeah. Um, and um, you know some of the, particularly some of the environmental destruction which we saw as kids in the local area, has always yeah. sort of bothered me. Uh, I thought, oh yeah, I'll write a book about that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, and it's funny. I watched David Attenborough's um, special. I don't know if you've seen that yet. The one where he's retiring, basically, he's just saying like the last fifty years of his life, and how he sum- he summarizes his whole life journey in the sense that he saw. I think 15 or something extinctions of animals. He saw reconstructions and destructions of countries and lands, you know, just through his own, from when he started in the 50s, yeah. <laughs> right through yeah. till now, how yeah. he has watched the world basically just um, destroying itself. Yeah, Is well, I, you know, I, I'm not in the same area as David Attenborough, but um, yeah, I have you know, seen so much destruction over the years yeah. in Australia. Yeah. It's just rolling. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't underestimate that too. That David Ambrose, like I mean, yes, profile-wise, yes, he's he's well established and known. But your book is still influential in the sense that its themes are very current. The kids need to understand that that what we have is fragile, and I think you express that really well and beautifully in the book um, and yep. present it well to to them to enjoy. 
So yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you think that. Yeah, because that's that's what I intended. Oh no, we're very proud to be, be you know, republishing it with you and, and to share the journey to, to recreate a new audience. And I think we'll get that that part of it uh, established well. So when you were writing, were so your intent was to make this message that clear and that, that designed for that children's purpose uh, of yeah, yes, it, it, no, it it was. But um, my sort of method as working is that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't sit down and write out a whole plan. You know, think, things just develop as you go along and, and, you know, ideas come back and you remember things that you've forgotten and you put them in. So it's, it's a matter of sort of, you know, adding one block to another and keeping on going from there. Yeah. Now, you're, you're educated um, in the legal profession, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Was it difficult to shift the styles that you would have created, very arbitrary, very black and whitey style of um, writing, to fiction, to really start to create and design those pictures and imageries? Did you find that a difficult transition of your, I guess, your habitual writing styles? Um, well, the answer to that is yes. I, I guess, <laughs> it's just it's a different but, but, you know, when I, when I retired, I sort of kept on looking at like, you know, you look at a situation and you think like yeah. a lawyer and I thought, you know, you know, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time to get rid of that method of thinking. And then, and then I think yeah. the books have shown that that method's now gone. Thank goodness. Yeah. No, it's a, like I said, it's a very well written children's book, which is why I'm saying, I was wondering, was that a challenge to transition yourself from your, your, your ingrained, I guess, style of life and then into children's books. And as you say, there's more now, so you've obviously adapted that style. Um, yeah, well, I, I... Yep, sorry. I'd got rid of that ingrained method of thinking before I started <laughs> writing the book. Yeah, good. <laughs> did you write a lot? Did you set time aside? Did you set a discipline and a habitual routine routine to get that writing done? Or did you just... Uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I probably... Um, Undisciplined, I'd sort of just fit it in when I got time. <laughs> so let me get this straight: you didn't have a plan, you didn't set yep. any time or management aside, and you no. came out with, with probably one of the best, I think, children's Australian books I've seen in a long time. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> there you go, people. That's the secret to writing a really great book. Don't plan I, it. Don't don't make time for it. Just let it happen. That's Alice's that, trick. Not a, well, that's more or less how it did. So I, I guess I won't get a job as a management consultant. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, so Alice is running classes on how to write our children's book soon. So, yeah, watch out for that. Um, I'm teasing you. So, no, it's like you are in the local park occasionally, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, what did you enjoy most about the writing process for you? Like, what was the fun part? Um, a bit hard to say. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have written written if I didn't enjoy it. That's the first point. Um, but I, I like sort of bringing back sort of memories of things that I'd seen or done or, you know, during my lifetime yep. and then putting a twist on it. Um, yeah, I, I just just enjoyed the process in that sense, yeah. Yeah. So writing a children's book, being yeah. older, did you find a bit of a childish flair, a bit of fun in yourself, a bit of chuckle as you were writing some of these adventures? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, you sort of think back sometimes to what, what it was like, <laughs> and, you know, things you could have done and <laughs> things you did do, and sometimes yeah. you'd rather remember them, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. And did you develop any little habits, little, um, I guess, um, quirks, I guess you call them? Did you find yourself like you had to, you felt more comfortable writing certain parts of the day or in certain clothing or listening to certain music? Or was there a, was there a little habitual quirk that you developed where you, process, where you wrote? Mm, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've got any habits as you're trying to describe. I think I, yeah. um, I mean, I'd be terrible to sort of tell someone how to write because all I could say is, look, you know, sort of, uh, I just stuffed around and eventually got there. But no, I, I go and that was my next question. Writing. That was my next question. How, what would you tell a new writer how they would write? And you would tell them just stuff around and you'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, probably that's right. And, you know, yeah. I, I sort of things I go into the Melbourne City Library when it's open, uh, you know, out of this COVID situation and, and write there for a couple of hours a day and, yeah. you know, <laughs> various places now, sometimes in the boat. Yeah. Now, explain the cover to us. Like, you've got two crocodiles fighting. What are they fighting over exactly? Well, you've got to read the story, but it, it's a... It's a <laughs> I suppose a husband and wife crocodile, yeah. And um, she's sort of um, beating him, in, <laughs> sort of browbeating him because he's made a few bad <laughs> comments and he's sort of getting getting beaten up. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's what's happening on the cover. Oh, okay. So these crocodiles are part of the story in the sense that the the children's adventures evolve around the tale of two crocodiles. I guess is that. Yeah, well, the, the story t- starts out with the crocodiles and the children going on an underground under, underground river th- with an adventure and sort of meeting the crocodiles in the swamp and, and the, you know, the crocodiles let them get on their backs and take them, you know, down to the bay and, you know, it goes on from there. Well, as crocodiles do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So when you uh, started this book, like you said, your granddaughter loved it and stuff, and did you see it? as becoming a published book or was it just a journey you just started writing for the fun of it or what was your how did you feel and what was your plan when you started this exercise um well i just started writing and i didn't really have any particular plan to publish it but i guess you know one thing led to another and it kept on going i thought oh, well i better do something about trying to publish it so yeah. nothing more coherent than that <laughs> did any did did you find it challenging to get into publishing to understand the process and, and step through that door? Like writing a book is one thing and setting yourself up in the story, but to take it to that next level, how did you how did you find that publishing process? Well, I actually found like to go back, I, I found the girl that did your editing for the book was excellent. And that was yep. really good. good. Um, I won't comment on the previous book. Um, and um, yeah, and I'd actually been out myself to probably most of the bookstores in Melbourne, you know, Dimmicks and Readings and yep. da da da. Sorry. Yep. And I think I'd worked out pretty well how the market worked. Um, yep. And um, the reason I came to your, your um, company was the fact that I, I thought your marketing ability was really good, good. plus yep. the editing and things like that. So. Well, that's right. We're partnering with you in it, so I'm really happy about that. I love that that we're sharing this uh, journey and and creating yeah. the, the experience with you for the kids to enjoy further. So, um, what what's coming up for you in the future? You mentioned earlier there was a sequel. Um, is this a journey you're planning to continue writing into children's books? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if if if, if it's sort of successful in the marketplace, well then um, why not? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
But his story's You've got a great well, talent for it. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you, you think that way. That's great. So just just one question to the readers watching this video and going to buy the book. What do you hope they experience? What do you, what do you hope they really get out of it? What are you looking forward to? Well, I, I hope that um, children think, look, you know, there's another perspective to what you can do as you're growing up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, um, you know, stick, stick around your computer all day. You can get out and do things. Yep. Um, make them aware of, of issues with the environment, with issues with the in, in Aboriginal people, yep. um, things along those lines. Yeah, good, good. Well, that's good. And everybody watching, um, please do grab a copy of this book, Billy Cairns and the Tale of Two Crocodiles. Uh, go to your local bookstore. It is available everywhere books are sold. Ask, pardon me, ask them for it because uh, it is a very good book and, and, and we want to share the news, but we also want to support local bookstores. You can buy it online as well, anywhere that books are sold. Um, but Alistair has done a wonderful job doing this um, this uh, fantastic story of adventures. Now, one thing I will mention too to everyone watching, but also to you, Alistair, if I may, um, yes. is that when you go to our website and when you buy it at the independent bookstore or at Shoreline Publishing Group website, you actually will receive in the parcel one of these beautifully handcrafted crocodiles and people hanging on to this. This is what Alistair made uh, to go with his book. So basically you're going to have this little, um, what do you call this, Alistair, a mural? Uh, uh, you put it's it a crocodile, yeah, little model, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. model so it comes flat packed and you unclip it and you clip it all together and the kids can paint it or they can leave it as it is so this will be included with your purchase of the book so i do mention it because it's such a beautifully crafted such a a little piece of uh, personal touch that the author alistair has made for his own book so please if you do order on our website you will get a copy of you will get one of these sent to you with the book um so alistair uh thank you for your time tonight it's been wonderful talking to you and we're so excited about the book coming out and about getting everything, you know, happening for you for more children to enjoy. So uh, any last comments for re- for readers to, to know about the book or anything you'd like to say to them? No, just go ahead, buy it and enjoy it. So it's Can't say anything. <laughs> There's no mucking around there. That's it. So yeah. Go and enjoy it and buy it. Okay, mate, yeah. thank you so much for that tonight. And um, thank you, everyone, for watching and sharing in this uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, journey. Uh, We look forward to it. So thank you again. Have a good night. Good night, Alice. Okay. Thanks. Do you want to tell you a quick, quick anecdote? You can tell me a quick anecdote. Okay, people, we're not hanging up. What would you like to tell me, Alistair? (laughs) I hope this isn't broadcast. David Attenborough was on TV a few years back, and he said, oh, the first person I interviewed on television was Gordon Perry who's my cousin, which was about 60 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so you are related to the, There is association through that, uh, through the chain. Yeah. And he said Gordon sat there and wouldn't say anything. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's a hard interview. I'm a bit reticent. It's probably a family trait. Oh, no, you've been wonderful. Thank you for talking with us. It's been awesome. Okay. So, yeah, and that's nice, to, that's nice to know. Maybe we'll send David a copy just to make sure you see if he remembers no, the name. He won't remember it. <laughs> Okay, is that it? Uh, Thank you, Alice. Yes, have a great night. Thank you, everyone, for watching and, and take care.
hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing. 